everybody. Welcome to episode four of the Joey and Amanda podcast. I'm Joey. And I'm Amanda. And today we will be talking about the struggles and starting out in Los Angeles and all the things that we had to overcome and go through on the pursuit of following our passions. Mm-hmm. Let's get right in. Here we go. I'm very excited for this and I'm a little bit nervous and anxious for this too. I think that's why I was rushing you to like to to do this already. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> do you know why? No. Cuz cuz talking about the struggles and and um the uh obstacles is not something that I usually publicly talk about. Yeah. And it's, you know, I talked to you about it and mm-hmm. my family. Yeah. But, you know, you've been doing that for so long. Yeah. And not only that, you're so good. You're so good at being vulnerable and open to everybody. Yeah. And, you know, you do it every day with your illustrations. Yeah. And I never do. It's true. I, I never I talk never about, about that. I never talk about like, I went in for this audition today, didn't get it, you know, mm-hmm. never. Only you know about those. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, you got this. But, but I'm. Yeah. But no, no, I know. But I think that that this that's why this podcast is so cool because it gives me an outlet to be open about this stuff because I think it's cool for people to hear. Anyway, yeah. So who's starting? Take it away. You no, go? no, no. You go first. Really? Yeah. Rip the bandaid. Well, okay. Wait. Before we before we get into it though, if you feel that I'm. Like holding back on saying some things, I'm giving you permission to to push me. <laughs> to pull it. Yeah, out. you can pull it out and push okay. me. I give you permission. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll kick it off. Uh, where to start? I think. I think. Uh, How did we? We ended the last one on. We both went and got our fine arts degree mm-hmm. and studied. I studied art. You start, studied performing arts. Mm-hmm. Um. So now let's talk about coming to Los Angeles, what brought us here and yeah. Okay. So I was so lucky and fortunate to move out to Los Angeles, basically knowing that I had a part in a movie, Mm -hmm. a very small, very small part, but a pretty big movie. And I already, before we even worked on it, I knew this is huge. Because I know people work years and years and years just to get a part like that. Yeah. And I and I had it when I moved here. So I think I think I shot the movie my second month in LA, mm-hmm. and it was so cool. I was hanging out with. I'm gonna name drop right now. Can I name, <laughs> can I do it? Yeah. Or can I not? do that right now? You're so funny. <laughs> Zac Efron was in the movie and. These, all these cool guys, Shiloh Fernandez and Johnny mm-hmm. Weston, Alex Schaefer. And so cool. And, yeah. I, and I had a part in it. And what that did for me was it made it very easy to get an agent and a manager and put a whole team together. And I was brand new out here and I already had all this so you mo- so So... You actually weren't planning on moving to Los Angeles, but right. because you got this small part in yeah. the movie, it was it was either move to New York or L.A. Mm-hmm. And then when this movie came up, it it just it was uh, yeah. Like, all right, was, well, I'm gonna come here. And exactly. Out. Yeah. So, I I did the movie and I was it was so cool. I was like meeting with all these agents, and I was like. <laughs> Yeah. I had like a pick. I get to pick one. Yeah. When, how does that? When does that happen? My first month in LA. Yeah. So, and with with that came auditions, and I was mm-hmm. I was auditioning all the time for TV shows, and I remember thinking, I think I'm I think I just got really lucky. Like I think this yeah. is going to be really easy. Yeah. I really thought that. I thought, all right, well, I already have. I'm already auditioning for all these huge TV shows. I'm yeah. going to get one of them. Yeah. I really was thinking and you, that. Did you get an agent manager right away? Right away. Okay. And it was all because of this movie. Because I, I was coming in with a movie already. Yeah. So so then I 
let's see. So I was auditioning and time went by and I started to realize, all right, I don't think it's going to be as easy as I thought. I wasn't booking anything. Maybe a year, let's say a year went by. I hadn't booked anything, but I had gotten callbacks along the way, which were nice little checkpoints for me, a little, you know, boosts of confidence. Mm -hmm. And um, I won't say that not booking, I know that that's a huge obstacle for a lot of actors. And it, it was, and it, it definitely is upsetting every, it's, it hurts every time I don't get something always because I care about it. I think if you are unfazed by it, that's, that's a little worrisome because that maybe means you don't care as much. Mm-hmm. But I, I learned how to not take it personal, which was huge to not think that I didn't get something because I suck. Yeah. Right. You're just looking for a specific. Right. Yeah. I've, I've started to learn along the way. All right. Everybody's good. Not everybody. Most people, <laughs> most people here are, are good. Mm-hmm. Most people here have talent, right? Or else they wouldn't sacrifice everything to... Yeah. So if you have that mindset that most people are talented, then you're not... You're, the reason you're not getting it isn't because you're not good. It's just because they're looking for something else. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's you could give the best performance of your life in an audition, but at the end of the day, they want a certain look or they want something else that you don't have but it had nothing it has nothing to do with you personally so once i learned to not take it personal that was a huge uh, obstacle uh, uh, overcoming a huge obstacle but i still get frustrated and for me and that leads to my i think my biggest obstacle that i still struggle with now is when i go out for something and i think like i'm okay i'm going to get this and then it's going to lead to this. And then it's going to lead to... And I let my imagination sort of run wild. Which I think is great. I, it, I it, is, it is great. Mm-hmm. But then it... it um, on the flip side is then you find out you didn't get it. And, and that is a stinger. Mm-hmm. It's sting, you know? Because you, you work on these things and then you... Uh, if you connect to it, you go in and you... Do it. You feel like this is meant this for me. This is it. Yeah, exactly. It's so, like a daily. It's it's a daily rejection that you have to sort of just live with if you're gonna pursue this. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's important for everything you do in life because there, you're gonna get moments of rejection no matter who well, you are and, well, and what you, you do. do. Yeah. And I think the key is to not take it personal and to not think it's because you aren't good at what you're doing. It's just not meant to be. <clears throat> yeah, or maybe at the moment. And I think another thing is just consistency. Is uh, anybody that has become successful in anything in life, it's because they have consistently something, done something over and over and over and over and over for years. And then finally, um, I don't know, as an artist, you find a style. Or as an actor, you book that movie. or as a. But I think that um, there's a quote, I'm probably going to butcher it, but it's it goes something <clears throat> like, um, there's so much less competition at the top because of the collective insecurity of our society, mm. which I think that unfortunately is something true. So many people give up right in the beginning or they don't want to dedicate. It's uncomfortable to dedicate maybe 10, maybe 15 years of your life. Like mm-hmm. you want to settle down and you want to have a house and you want to do whatever it is. So a lot of people don't sacrifice that. And... That's why there isn't, I would say, that much competition because people do end up trying other paths. I think right. even in your... It's true. You, you've had friends already that I feel like, well, they were acting, but they decided to, they want to do something else. Right. It's they, true. So I think a lot has to do with, okay, what is it that you want to do? It's this, or I'm going to go all in and mm-hmm. I'm just going to dedicate my literal entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Because so, the key, because the key for me has like this whole time has been. I've never been discouraged. I get frustrated. I think sometimes that they made a mistake. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Uh-huh. But I've never been like, oh man, I'm just not good. I'm just not. 
Yeah, Maybe. this isn't cut. Or, there's no, there's this. no plan B, and there's that's no plan there's B. never, and and that's there's, how Joey and never I never been a plan B. That's how Joey and I relate. Um, also on the level, me as being an artist, like there's never a plan B. Right. Plan B is just another way to make plan A work. That's the key. Yeah. That's that's it. But and it goes with what you were just saying. People they go through a certain str- uh, what's the word string of rejection, and then they just throw their hands up and they say, "I'm done." Yeah. And not just acting, like anything that you are pursuing. Mm-hmm. And if you have that drive that I'm not going to let anybody stop me from doing this, then there, that's not an option. It's just, okay, let me just, let me take a right here and see if I can go around or mm-hmm. whatever, which is kind of what led me to. So let me go back to the sto- to my timeline here. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I don't know, maybe a year or so goes by and, you know, I had this expectation of I'm going to audition for all these things and I'm going to book something and then when I book it, it's going to lead to something else and then, oh, I'm going to get on a show with this person and then that person's going to create another show and bring me, my my imagination was like running wild with mm-hmm. this. But when the reality kicked in that, you know, all right, maybe booking something is going to be a lot harder than I thought, my mind went to, okay, I need to start writing something. I need to, um, maybe I need to start uh, collaborating say, with um, my peers and, yeah. and, and uh, put put together a little crew of people who I know in LA who who want to do this and and we create our own content. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what happened is I linked up with um, my good friend Max Zanis, who's a great actor. I studied acting in college with him, and he's a great actor and a great writer. And uh, we started writing things and, and, and uh, shooting them and, and making movies and uh, we're still making shorts to this day. Yeah. So we just finished a short film that comes out very soon. Which is amazing. I collaborated on it too with yeah, art. Yeah, it was so cool. So yeah, I've never, I've never talked about the not booking things uh, any time publicly, ever. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever... It's sort of... It's, uh, it feels good? It does feel really oh, nice. Good. I hope that it's it's sort of interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe... No. I don't know. Yeah, it's, people think it's so... That, you know, you're just going to go in and... You have to... I mean, I think with everything, even with art, people are right. like, oh yeah, but, you know, you... You know, how do you do that? So good? like, you have to do this thousands right. of times. Yeah. I have people sometimes they'll reach out. They're like, oh, well, can you, I don't know how to get better. Can you look at my, my page? And I'll look at their page and they've literally done or posted like five things. And I'd right. say, draw 1000 times, go to 1000 auditions, right. run 1000 five Ks, whatever it is that you do. Right. And then after that, if you're still not doing better, then you can sit back and analyze it. But it's like one plus one is two. Like, yeah. And yeah. no matter what it is, if you do it a thousand times, you will be better. So right. just so push, push yourself till you get to that point and then you can look back. But uh, I think something that's interesting is the odd jobs of like, yeah. you know, in Los Angeles, there's always like, I'm an actor, but I also do other stuff on the side or I'm an yeah. artist. And, uh, and I feel like we all had, I used, I used to, you know, have, different jobs on the side when I first moved here too, which I'll get into when we get to my part of the story. But do you want to do this where your... you want me to do my whole story or do you want to like pick up from where you come out here? Um, or you want to go from, or you want me to go through my... No, no, no. no. Go to go your story and then right. and I'll do that. But, but yeah, so maybe sure. tell us some of our... Sure, sure. The... My best and worst side gigs. Yeah. Um. All right. So... My first side job out here was I was hired by a family to be the dude. What I mean by that is they had a nanny, they had a housekeeper, they had a babysitter. I would just go over to the house and play with the kid. And we'd go in the backyard, we'd play sports, we would just play pretend games whatever he wanted to do i would just go and just sort of be his older brother kind of and even to the point where their nanny would be like boys snack we'd come like running in and sit at the table eat macaroni together so what was the job like when the who first of all how did you get this job (laughs) and number two 
where can people sign up? Yeah, no, yeah, I'm just yeah. kidding. But w- what was the description? I need so, somebody to pretend to be an older brother. No, so I can, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I didn't seek. So I was looking for, I was looking to make some money. Uh, maybe two years had gone by in mm-hmm. LA, and um, I, I needed, I needed money, and mm-hmm. so I heard about this app um, for. It was for really for babysitting. Yeah, or nanny or something. Or like nanny, that. Yeah, yeah. and I I had uh, had a lot of experience with kids. I used to own a summer camp, or work work at a summer camp, and then I owned a summer camp mm-hmm. in Chicago. So, and I love working with kids, and so I thought that that would be a perfect job. So I'd heard about this app um, where you can. Uh, you make an account. Yeah, and, yeah it's probably like yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot the name of it, but you get the point. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so, so somebody had found me on the app and reached out to me, asking if I'd be interested in this. And I don't remember how it was worded, but it was along the lines of like a personal coach. Mm-hmm. But it was quickly discovered that like sports wasn't the priority it wasn't just like a, just being his friend he was being like a, a, yeah and uh but it was really to the point where we'd be in the backyard and yeah and i'd go in, i'd come running in with him and we'd eat our snack together and yeah, then yeah. he'd be you know he'd, yeah, yeah. he'd drag me all over the house and we'd just play <laughs> stuff so they, you took had fun. Me, they took me to disney to disney oh my god i remember it, this one disneyland uh and they they paid me so much money to go there with them and and all I had to do was just go on all the rides with him because they didn't want to. <laughs> so I would go and just wait in the lines and go on all the rides with him. And then the moms, and it was like with another kid. He was with two moms and And they with just their hung out. Boys. I mean, what an ideal, can I just say, as a, like, being a mom, <laughs> how ideal is this? Okay, I'm going to take them to Disneyland, but I'm going to hang out with my girlfriend all day. They're yeah. going to have fun. Yep. And I don't, I mean, yeah. That I mean, yeah, it was two moms and then the two boys, and I would I took the two boys and we just we went out we uh, had, a, right. had a great day at Disneyland, and then they, they paid me so much money to do that. It was and you, you both crazy. Uh, fell asleep in the back seat on yeah, the way home. The, the <laughs> greatest the greatest part about this story is I got on the way home, I was woken up by one of the moms like like tapping me like you're home, and like I woke up and the two boys. Woke up too, and all of our heads had been sleeping on each other. It was really fun. Like we were three best friends. Yeah. And and it was great because I then met that family, and then I was sort of doing it for both families. Mm-hmm. I would go to I would go to each of their houses to do this. Yeah. And it was and they had a nanny. Like I wasn't. Yeah. I I, I so would they, just go play with the kids. Right. So they had a babysitter there. You literally were just yeah. hanging out. So that was my first gig. And then... Lucky. Yeah, it was great. And <laughs> then I got into... Um, co- then I got into coaching um, sports. I would do like birthday parties. And I had um, a couple clients where I'd go to their house and do like personal uh, basketball lessons. And it was great because... Uh, it was a it was a family in Beverly Hills. And they they had a full court at their mm-hmm. house, and I would just go and I I'd, I'd play uh, basketball with the kids for a couple hours. So that was a that was an, that was a great a great gig. Yeah. Um, then I had the worst job I've ever had in my life. Then I had the worst time I've ever had. Oh my god. And uh, yeah, I, that's just what it was. I drove for. Postmates. This is so... <laughs> Shout out Postmates. I had the worst... I drove for probably a week. Yeah. It was the worst. Yeah. You got and something? I'm sure, no, I was going to say, I'm sure... I mean, so many people... I'm so curious. How does... I want to know the, the behind the scenes sure. of Postmates. Like, what, how, what... I really learned a lot about humans, first of all. it was I was treated so horribly most of the time. So very rarely were people nice to me, which is mind-boggling to me. Yeah. Very, I mean, it's it was, and it was really interesting too because it was in the, um, maybe the poorer neighborhoods of mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Those were the people who were the nicest. Mm-hmm. Those were the people who gave the biggest tips. Mm-hmm. And then I'd go deliver in. 
Beverly Hills. Shout out to, to the Latin community. Yeah, I remember you told me. <laughs> yeah, and it's true. They were the absolute nicest. They'd leave the biggest tips. And then I'd drive to Beverly Hills to the mansions, and they were so rude. Never tipped. Never. Oh, my God. And for people who don't know, for these delivery apps like Postmates and all those things, these drivers, everything relies on the tips. If you don't get tipped, you're not getting anything from that delivery. I mean, a couple bucks, but it's a waste of your time. Yeah. So everything is relying on these tips. That was so, the worst. I so, lasted I lasted one month and... Or, I'm sorry, one week. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I could not last a month. I lasted one week and I... I had a near-death experience doing it, and, and that was it. That was the final straw for me. I was done. I'll tell one funny Postmates story. Okay. I'll tell one funny Postmates. Do I have time for that? Yeah. Okay, so I I get, a, I get an order placed for an ice cream pickup at The Grove. For people who don't know, The Grove is a giant outdoor mall in L.A., Mm-hmm. always crowded that's like seven or eight floors of park of a parking deck yeah so and, and postmates doesn't pay for your parking you have to figure out a free way to park unless yeah. you want to pay for it yeah. which you don't because you yeah. if you're gonna do this if you're gonna do this every cent counts because you're putting all this time into it yeah so i go and it's actually kind of crazy cent gas money miles yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. so all right so i go to this ice cream place and the line is out the door and around the corner. And so I usually the order's placed already. So you just walk up to the counter and you just tell them the order number and they give it to you. Mm-hmm. So I walk up to the counter and I'm like, hey, picking up for Postmates. And the guy's like, oh no, we don't, you have to, you got to put the order in yourself. We don't do, you can't place it ahead of time. Yeah. So I tried to cancel the order, but I couldn't do it. So I get in line. I'm so far away. The time is ticking. I finally get up there. In at least an hour has gone. Over an hour has gone by. So oh now I know. God. Yeah, been waiting this line forever. I know I'm gonna have to pay for parking. Um, I put the order in. And I gotta wait for the food. Wait for the ice cream because it, it wasn't. Uh, it was an interesting ice cream. It was like <laughs> I don't even know. It was like a macaroon and this and everything. <laughs> Something had to be made. It was crazy. I finally get it, and. I get I go I get in my car. I have to pay like five dollars for parking. So now I'm I'm down five you're, bucks. You're losing I'm losing money. money on this whole thing. So and I know also I'm not gonna get tipped because I'm taking forever. Yeah. I know this guy's gonna be mad. So I finally get to the house. It's in Beverly Hills. It's this is like what I was talking about. Yeah. This is like a giant house in Beverly Hills. Big fence mm-hmm. or big gate. I park. I go. I walk up to the gate and I hit the buzzer. And the guy's like, "All right, I'm buzzing you in." I'm like, "Okay." He buzzes it. I go to open it. It doesn't open. I buzz it again. He's like, come in. I'm like, I did. It, the door's not opening. He's like, all right, try it again. Bzzz, doesn't open. I buzz again. He's like, what's going on? I'm like, it, I don't, it's not opening. He goes, ugh, I'm coming out. I'm like, all right. He, he's got to walk from his front door, which is... A mile. Kind of far away. So he, walk, he walks all the way walks down. Walks past the fountain. Yeah, he walks up past the fountain, a couple cars... He he gets to he gets to this gate. The gate's a little bit higher than me, maybe a head taller than I am. So he gets to the gate and it's dark out. It, the sun had just gone down, and he was like, "All right, just here, just hand it over." So I lift the ice cream in the bag over the gate, and his hand was his. I felt his hand go through the handle, so I let go. I don't know what happened. It must have slid through, or maybe it wasn't in. I don't know what happened, but either way, the ice cream came crashing down to the floor. <laughs> the bag of ice cream just, just like <laughs> you just hear the crunch of the of the uh, plastic and everything. Just everything. It it all had to have spilled out. I'm like, I'm so sorry. He was like, <sighs> it's okay. And I was like, Do you want me? He's like, No, no, no. We're good. You've done enough. You've done enough. <laughs> I can go on and on about these stories. I mean, it, it was so. One what t- was your rating and what was your tip? Well, oh, that time, yeah, uh, probably a zero and a zero. The other time, mm-hmm. I got a zero and a zero. Which, if you you have to maintain a certain number to keep doing it, or else they yeah. suspend you. One time, I I pick. Can, I, can you keep doing this? Is that all right? <laughs> I'm gonna do one more. This feels good. I'm rolling. <laughs> So I pick up from I, starting. It's starting the night. I pick up from a place called Joey's Cafe. 
I bring it to this uh, place in West Hollywood, and the address that it gives me was an address to a restaurant. Sometimes I would deliver to a restaurant. Maybe it was somebody who worked there. Mm-hmm. I pull in. On their break or something? Yeah. yeah. I pull in, and uh, nobody's coming out. Nobody's at the... There's no direction of where mm-hmm. to go, so I'm kind of just waiting outside, and I called the number, and I said, hey, I'm here. And With the food. Yeah, I mean, I'm oh, sorry. You're going uh, to pick the food yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Postmates is here. I got your food. And the guy's like, I don't see you. And I said, I'm here. I'm at the, I'm at the restaurant. He's like, oh, no, it's not the restaurant. I'm up the street. I'm like up. You got to go up. And I was like, oh, I, well, I put in the address and it took me. I mean, I'm at wherever the address took me to. He goes, all right, I'm coming down. <laughs> so he <laughs> is another one of these coming down. So he, I guess he walked down to where I was. And I knew he was mad because of how he sounded on the phone. He was pissed. And so I thought I would lighten the mood. So when we finally, so I met him in the middle of the street. So I try to lighten the mood. I go, I go, uh, Joey's Cafe. This was, uh, this was meant to be uh-huh. because I'm Joey. Right. And I thought he, cause he knows in the app yeah. that it says so many times, Joey's picking up your food. I'm sure he Joey's arriving. Notice. But I, I'm thinking that he's like doing research on me because like I'm thinking he's like, oh, Joey, and he's, and he's looking at me. Yeah, like, yeah. I, that's how my brain works. Right. So I'm thinking he, so so he's like, what? <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, Joey, Joey's Cafe. This is meant to be. This order, this this moment, this is meant to be. And he just was staring. He just looked at me like, uh, I don't, I don't get it. So I, so I went, all right, forget it. It's all good. And he and, and then and then he looked at me like he was offended, so I go I I'm Joey, I'm Joey, and this is Joey's cafe. He stared at me for five seconds and he just went, "Okay, have a nice day." In that Trump voice. Yeah, have a nice day. Okay, and then he and he walked and then he stormed off and. Uh, about an hour later, I get an email from Postmates saying your uh, your Postmate rating has dipped below a certain number, and uh, just warning you. So I was like, "Oh, that guy gave me a negative 304." Oh my god! So and that's it. That's, those have been the, and uh, mine are not funny. Do I have any other side gigs? I think that's it. Yeah, I think that is. Um. So do you have any Los Angeles did I, and and so the struggle is okay. You came to LA, sure. you, you did those side jobs, you sure. had that, but now you're doing voiceover work. Yep. You're constantly going out for more auditions. You've done over thirty characters um, on PBS and counting. We still have some that come out this year and next year. You just finished another short film, Big Bear that Lake, comes out soon. coming out soon. So you know, trucking. We're just trucking. We're along. just trucking along. <laughs> and, and and now to really bring it full circle, I want to ask you, how did I do like opening up and being? Um, vulnerable, you were a little bit hesitant, honest. and at the end, you just couldn't. You just kept going. You're like, "This feels good." It did. You know what? It did feel really good. Yeah, you did, did great. Because you, because it's so different for you. Because you, it's so easy for you to just. I've been like that since I was born. Um. So now that we're talking about you as an artist, you graduate college. Yes. With a BFA mm-hmm. in art. Yes. So. I was so excited. I graduated. I have all these big plans. I'm going to either move to New York or Florida. Actually, New York, because I was already looking at apartments there. Mm -hmm. So all these great things were happening. But at the same time, there was a dark side where I was in a toxic relationship. And um, that person was moving to California. So I was going to come here and essentially just drop him off. And that was going to be the end of that. And I was going to end up back in New York or Florida. Now, I came to California without much expectations and fell in love with it, but I still didn't think I was going to move here. Like, not 1%. I had a plane ticket back. But then I get a call from a good friend of mine that I went to college with, Art Savani. Shout out to you. Shout out, Art. He is awesome. So So he he knew you were here. Yeah, so he knew I was here. Probably saw my Instagram story or something. Oh, there there weren't Instagram stories back then. No. Instagram page. Yep. Um. I feel old. So, uh, yeah, so he reached out to me and he was like, hey, Amanda, I see that you're in California. Um, I have a friend that's 
has a creative design agency on Sunset Boulevard and they're looking for interns. Why don't you go and, um, I was about to say audition. Why don't you go (laughs) for an interview? And I said, no, I am literally just, um, only here for a little short period of time. I'm going to go back. I'm moving to New York. I don't want to do that. And he said, you're already here. You graduated. Like, why don't you just go for the, the interview and at least do it for experience. Thank you, Art. (laughs) yeah thank you Art. he is just so awesome so i said all right fine um so i end up going to this interview beautiful building sunset boulevard like this glass building um and And what was the job exactly so the job was for a creative design agency where they uh pretty much it's a little bit more graphic Uh design stuff but maybe a little illustration uh-huh. and um they worked with high profile clients like paris hilton antonio cromartie like uh, some nfl players yeah, baseball yeah. players stuff like that yeah celebrities right and um straight i mean i just graduated from a small town this was going to be huge and once it's i it's really a great job for i mean somebody straight right out, out of college, college. great yeah but in my mind, I was like, I'm not going to do this. I'm just going for the experience. So right. anyways, I go to the interview. And before I get out of the interview, they're like, all right, so when can you start? Oh, my gosh. And I said, oh, I can start in two weeks. I just have to put my two weeks in notice on my other job. Mind you, um, I have no idea where the heck I would live, what I would do, nothing. I just said yes because it felt right. And so I awesome. always go with my gut. Um, and my gut was like, do this. Mm-hmm. So I said, yeah, I can just come back two weeks. And I walked out and I was like, what the <laughs> F did I just, <laughs> what did I just do? And I, I couldn't believe I said that. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I don't even know how much it even costs to live here. Yeah. I never looked it up. I just knew it was expensive. I called my mom and said, you know, I think I'm going to, do this internship for three months, get the experience, and then I'll be right back and and I'll probably get a job in New York or Florida and then that's it. So I ended up flying back and the only person that I really knew in California was unfortunately that toxic person that was in my life. But at the you know, at that time really like like looking back, first of all, you know, I mean so many horrible things can happen to you in your life and then they don't make sense till later and now i'm sitting across the love of my life in this beautiful home and i'm just so you know thankful for how everything went down but at the time it was very rough because i ended up living with that person um and it it was it was hard it was it was very hard but um because you didn't have any other places to go you didn't have any money yeah. To get your own place. You didn't yeah. know anybody to crash with, like that. You were stuck. Yeah, I was kind of stuck. You were stuck. Yeah. So it wasn't a good feeling, and I'm sure people that are listening would. I mean, just anybody can relate to feeling stuck, and that's why, because of this situation, which I'll, I'll get into later, is why I create a lot of artwork of people feeling like they're stuck. But so I came to Los Angeles um, to do this internship. With the money that I saved up from my whole life savings, which was not much because I started working at age 16 at a retail store. I think I got paid like $6.50 the hour. Plus, you know, they take taxes off probably like $5 an hour, which I mean... It's nothing like Is that you, legal? you can't. <laughs> I mean, back then um, it was. So, so, yeah, it was... I saved up maybe $3,000, $4,000. And I say this because I already peeked through the questions and that's one sure. of the things people were asking sure, is sure, how sure. much money and all of that. Sure. So I saved that much money and that really got me... That really, the only choice I had was to live there with him and with two other roommates. The internship that I was in, it was not paid. They did not pay me and I knew that going in but i felt like it was a 
great sacrifice or I, I felt like the sacrifice was worth it because of the people that I would be working for and how my resume would look after that right. it, wherever I would move. Right. So the only thing they did pay for my food and that was pretty much it. So I worked there for about three months and in three months I, I figured my whole plan was I was going to leave. But by to three, get your own place. Or to go, no, or to go back. I was leaving. Oh, to yeah, go back was, to North Carolina, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, to New or York New or York. something. Yeah. Right, right, So when the three months already passed by, which I like, I I was only supposed to be there, let's say, nine to five. Mm. I would always stay there later than everybody, even though I wasn't getting paid because that's just how I am. And I just want to make sure everything came out really good. Um, so after the three months, I didn't get... Oh, I forgot to say that I could have, there was a chance that I could have gotten hired full time with them that they said, but I didn't because once again, graphic design isn't my strong suit. And, um, and yeah, so they said, thank you. We're not going to hire you, but thank you for your work. And they gave me a bonus of like, I think a thousand five hundred or something, which with that money, I, it kind of like helped me maybe for like one more month and something in me just told me to stay. Mm-hmm. So I did and I stayed a little bit longer and let me just say it was very hard to live here um, without, I mean, away from my family. It was so hard. I would cry at night just looking at a map and seeing that my family was across the country and our souls were so far away from each other would I would just break down. It was horrible. Mm. I mean, even to this day, sometimes, you know, know. it's it's hard. It's very hard. So for anybody that's going through that struggle, like I get it. And, you know, you have to just it's hard, especially in the beginning, because you can't fly back and all of that. Mm. Um, So I end up staying and after the three months and uh, I start I get these side gigs. Well, I mean, not side gigs. I mean, they were, they were yeah. Your, in my, in my mind, they're they side gigs, gigs because are you, I'm an artist. Are you also creating art at this time in your life too? Yeah, always. So I'm always creating art. So let's say I work from nine to five, then from five to ten, I'm working on my own. So stuff. what's the first side gig you had? What did I do? I started selling perfumes on the weekends. Because one of my roommates or my roommates were doing that and they had a connection with like this uh, uh, designer brand. I mean, uh, artist designer, Terry Mugler. Um, I start selling perfume on the weekends at like Macy's and places like that. And I also I get three jobs because if you live in L.A., you you know, okay, it, it's it's expensive. Right. So I do that. Then I also start working for Greenpeace and I work for Greenpeace on some days. And then on other my other part time job was working at a Italian boutique. So I was working in a boutique. So you're working three jobs. Yeah. And also creating art in the in your so it's almost like you're creating art and in your spare time you're working three jobs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then a spare and then the little time I had at night before bed, I was sending out my resume right. to every single temp agency, like anything I can, you know, mm-hmm. could just send it out to work as an artist, as an illustrator or something like that. Yeah. And at this point, are you living on your own? No. So at this point, I'm still living with with um, the in roommates. Yeah, in the apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, so even with three jobs. I was barely making it uh-huh. in L in in here, so in in Los Angeles in Cock Park. So that's definitely a big struggle. And when yeah. I'm and I'm saying yeah, it was a great apartment, but I'm sleeping on a mattress on the floor. You know, not um, mind you, also a mattress that was left there by somebody. So who oh, no, like, so gross? Um, they're like, oh, here's an extra mattress. Like, ugh. <laughs> so yeah, so. So that was hard. It was hard um, figuring out, you know, you don't know the city and you have to have to. I had a bike. That was it. I left the car that I had in North Carolina back with my parents because, you know, that was very nice of them to, you know, buy me a car when I was in college. But that's not essentially it was borrowed in my mind. Mm -hmm. So I rode my bike to the Greenpeace gigs, which is 
canvassing what i was doing for greenpeace was canvassing so you know those people outside the grocery store that ask you for a minute and you just shrug them off well that was what i was doing and i was just like do you have any uh stories from that not even funny just anything any experience that stuck with you yeah you know i don't really have um, or do all these crazy things happen to just me yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't really have any any crazy ones that i can think of i mean yeah not really but i will say that when I first joined, I, in one of the weeks, I was like one of the top canvassers. Um, so that was cool. And so I got the most people to stop to talk to me. I, nice. <laughs> so for everybody that stopped thank back you. then, thank you. Um, yeah, so I was doing that and I was riding my bike, going and just canvassing, standing outside for hours in front of grocery stores, getting people to sign up for Greenpeace, which was really great. Um because I, I mean, it was great because I, you know, it's something I felt passionate about. So it wasn't, that that was cool. Um, then the boutique, I worked at this Italian boutique. Oh, I forgot. I mean, technically four jobs because I was once a week working on chalk art at Bella Cures in Largemont. All right. Yeah. You, you had four jobs. <laughs> yeah. That's unbelievable. So whenever people say, you know, God, oh, but I don't have money. You are for- unbelievable. You're amazing. <laughs> whenever somebody's like struggling with money, yeah, that's why I'm always like, all right, just get another job. So at the boutique, uh, the boutique, the hard part about that, I'm going to talk about the struggles of each job. Sure. So, so in the boutique, what was hard is the woman wasn't very nice and um shout out to the shout out to the the, yeah let's not say the the exact name (laughs) but she wasn't very nice to me and um i remember there was one time that i had a coffee she was her she did have a boyfriend that was very nice Mm. and he was just like such an he was such a nice man and he would bring me coffee sometimes and i I think he felt for me because he did see how she kind of treated me so he, I had a coffee one day and I had it on the table. I mean, where else am I going to put it? And she she walked past it and hit it with her purse. What? And yeah, she not on purpose, but her purse hit the coffee. It fell all over on the floor. Um, and she just looked at me like in disgust and was like, oh, like she was so mad that I put it on the table and like said it's, you know, my fault. she clearly fault. hit it on purpose she, or not? No, no, no. She didn't hit it oh. on purpose. But she was kind of like, it's your fault type thing. And and just looked down at me and like pick it up. You know, like she didn't even help to clean up the coffee. She just like walked away. Evil. So, so that was mean. And, and not only did, was I having like that type of energy at work, but I was also in a very toxic, like I said, relationship. So I was in a very verbally abusive relationship where I was always getting torn down like of my looks or of the way that um, I carried myself or whatever. Like I was just being torn down at work and can't at imagine. home. I just can't and, imagine you. And, and I know. And I didn't want to tell anybody that I was in an, in a verbally abusive relationship because I didn't want my parents to get worried or anything. So I kind of just held it in and, oh, and boy, I hate that. I, I, I hate it. I hate it. I know. But, but yeah, so it was, it was very hard and I lost a lot of weight at that time too, just because there was so much happening and, yeah. and, and yeah. Um, just unhealthy way. Of yeah. Living. A lot of unhealthy way. I mean, I always tell people, cut out anything that's toxic in your life and at that point I just felt like I had to sacrifice my health because I knew it would be temporary so so yeah that, that those were some struggles that I that I went through when I first moved here and it was just you know being put down in my in where I, in the home I lived in not my roommates though the other roommates they're awesome one of them Reynaldo Pacheco we're super close he's like a brother to me um shout out Reynaldo shout out to Ray what what got you out and into your own apartment yeah okay so how did I get out of this place where I was working three jobs and toxic relationship toxic relationship the woman at work was mean to me like how do you get out of it so the the way I got out of it was, like I said, I was sending out my resume every single night and it got to a point where I was already here for about a year and 
I was just not the person that and like people know me now because if you're in a place where you're being if you're in a situation in your life where you're constantly being torn down in your workplace and your home place you know you kind of like lose it a little bit I don't know right. like I had like I I I couldn't be myself you I didn't yourself. I wasn't That's, myself I right. didn't feel comfortable right being myself right and I knew that I had to leave and for my own health so I you know told my mom you know what I'm gonna come back to North Carolina and I'm going to just center myself again Mm -hmm. and try again and Mm -hmm. go to New York or Miami Mm -hmm. back to my plan my my original plan um so I ended up flying back to North Carolina um before I went back home a one-way ticket okay before I went back home I did go out for an interview that I got a call from from sending my resume out and it was a temp agency that found me an interview for e-entertainment as a full-time illustrator oh sorry part-time illustrator and it ended up becoming full-time full-time but yeah so part-time illustrator I went in for the interview and it went really great Actually, I want to talk about the interview experience sure, sure. because I think this could help somebody that's interviewing. So I get I get called to do this interview and I ask before I go in, what projects um, are you guys working on right now? And what projects can't you do because you don't have the illustrator? And an example that they gave was they had an idea of doing like a funny article on like a breakup Barbie or different types of Barbies that aren't real life. That would be funny. I don't know. Oh, you entertain me. <laughs> yeah. So I, oh boy. I, I let my creative juices sure, go sure. with that. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. So I actually spent hours working before this interview and created a breakup Barbie in like, you know, a, a uh, Barbie that's very sad and I uh, she comes with Netflix and she also comes with an arm pillow that looks like you know a human arm uh-huh. to cuddle with uh-huh. and and she comes with chocolate and wine uh-huh. and just things like that yeah um, and I make this thing and then I go in for the interview the next day it's going great. I'm laughing and we hit it off. And right before it ends, they bring up the break breakup Barbie. Like, oh yeah, these are like this is an idea. And I was like, you know what? I actually asked somebody else and they did tell me about this breakup Barbie idea and I worked on it and they were like blown away. That's that is unbelievable. That's the <laughs> definition of going above and beyond for something. Yeah. That's amazing that you did that. And you did it. And you almost went through the whole meeting without them even bringing it up. So all that work would have been for nothing. You didn't like, yeah. you didn't yeah. bring it up to them. Yeah, I didn't bring it up to them. That's, so. that's incredible. <laughs> so I would have walked in and be like, look what I made. <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah, look, at, I did this breakup Barbie. And once I they saw it, they absolutely loved it. So I thought it went great, but I didn't hear anything back. Like yeah. a week or two went by. <clears throat> so that's when I was like, you know what? I'm just going to. You know, center myself, go back home and um, move. I needed to just save myself from this toxic relationship mm-hmm. and and move to New York or and or uh, Florida. Mm-hmm. I go back home. I don't have a flight back to L.A. Like in my mind, that was it. Um, I'm there for, I think, a couple days and then I get a call and it's entertainment. Amazing. And they're like, oh, hey, um, when can you start? Um, you know, you, we picked you and I was so excited. I was like, oh, uh, I can come back in two days. Did they know, you know that you, that you were No, in? they did not know. Or, or I don't think, I don't I'm sure, think, I'm sure you didn't tell them that yeah, you I left. You're like, I'll be in. in yeah, yeah. Days. I don't think they knew. So I was like, oh my wow. gosh. So I flew back yeah. to California. I had met a girl, Diana. Shout out Diana. Yeah. And she... While I was working at the boutique, we hit it off. She was just a customer there, but like we became friends just off of like talking for like 10 minutes. You know, those people you just meet for a reason in your life. So we had exchanged numbers and I think we hung out like once or twice. And when I booked this e-entertainment gig, she told me that I can stay at her place on the couch. Now, 
it wasn't her place and it wasn't even her couch. So also shout out to the other two roommates that were there. They're just angels. Um, so because of them, I was able to stay on their couch until I got a studio apartment, like 300 square foot, teeny, teeny studio. I mean, I had no oven. I had one window which faced a brick wall. Right. And that's where that one art piece, Watering Your Roses, is inspired from. Um, but it's so exciting for you because after everything you've just experienced, I after all the living space. situations that you were just in, yeah, right. Now you finally have your own space. My own space, my own teeny fridge. Like, And you I can was, start to feel like yourself again and get yeah. your sense of identity back. Yeah, exactly. So I was so happy with my little teeny studio. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I got to go to work. I, I went to I worked at E from nine to five, and again from like five to eleven, I worked. On, I stayed there for so long till I stayed there till so late. Awesome. Sometimes still even the janitors were there, and everybody had left. And I would stay there and just work on my own stuff because they had a, a better computer than I had at home. So I just um, stayed after hours and worked on my website and my art and all of that. Uh-huh. And when I went, when I was in that studio, I remember in summer, that summer, I sat in the bathtub and I promised myself that I was going to take care of myself for this whole year. I wasn't going to date. I was just going to concentrate on me, my career, my health mind spirit body all that good stuff you had some catching up to do yeah i really did i really did so that year that's exact that promise i did to myself that was exactly what i did and i worked very hard and one year later to that month i was already making six figures i was uh had my own beautiful top floor apartment one bedroom um Living in a great place. By just selling. By just selling my paintings. Yeah. I was my own boss within a year. And um, the same month to the year that I said that I would be single and wouldn't, you know, date or I wouldn't get into a relationship, I meet the love of my life, Joey Rudman, one year to the month that I made that promise. Unbelievable. N- not even looking for it, which if you go back to episode one. one that's like a, uh, we just went you, full circle yeah that's we amazing. went full circle yeah. and that's where we met yeah but yeah so and a lot can happen in a year i yeah. mean i went from literally living in that studio like eating on like i didn't even have a dining table um my couch was a couch that somebody had thrown outside and i painted it and actually i still have it yeah. the shell silverstein couch yeah um to just eating beans and whatever i can Gosh, like it's so inspiring of. it's so it's <laughs> hearing your story <laughs> to just is so inspiring to, i'm so happy that you just shared this whole thing this is like <laughs> this is that's amazing it's amazing I, it's crazy i mean that's look what, what you, you did <laughs> look at what you did and it's also, unbelievable and can i just say look at what you guys did because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for every single person that has purchased my artwork. Like, I would not be here. I, I would just be still working three, four jobs, eating yeah. beans and uh, peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Yeah. And I want to take this moment, yeah, I, I'd like to just thank you to everybody, every single person that has purchased one art piece from me, every single person that has liked or shared or told somebody about my story. The, I mean... Yeah, every I mean yeah. everyone, you guys, thank you. If it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't be where I am today and I wouldn't be able to draw every single day and do what I love doing. Um I one goal that I had was to give a TEDx talk and I did it. Um And you nailed it. I mean, I don't know about that, but You uh, nailed it. <laughs> Joey helped me a lot on that one. <laughs> um So, yeah, thank you to everybody and now thankfully I'm just drawing every day. I have a home studio. I get to wake up to not a brick wall, but a beautiful sunrise in the mountains. And uh, I, you know, I share it with you guys a lot. And I appreciate sunrises. And I appreciate every time I get to go out to eat. And we get to, I get to just like, you know, 
buy a piece of clothing that I absolutely love because back then I was just struggling so much. So if you are in that position right now where you're just like pinching pennies and not going out to eat on the weekends or like, you know, not going out and spending money on clothes or nice things, just it's worth it. And um, I, I'm going to try to end with like a really good quote that I love, but I, I might butcher it. But live like most people won't now so then you can live like most people can't something like that i like it and what a, it's an amazing story that's it's all so folks. inspiring <laughs> and that, that 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 that's all folks it's so good we have questions you want to do them yeah let's do them okay oh my back hurts oh oh boy yeah we are we're recording that that's my toe <laughs> that is my toe we are recording this podcast sharing a mic uh on, on our couch, couch. Uh, both sitting cross-legged, hunched over. Yeah, not good. And our backs oh. are broken. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, will, I will... Question number one. Is it really that expensive to live there? It's my dream to move there. Is it worth it? Well, let me just... It depends what area it depends what area and it depends what you're comparing it to so for north okay. let's just compare to north carolina for what we pay here a two-bedroom apartment in the area we live in i could have three houses in north carolina yeah three three bedroom houses in north carolina three separate homes three separate homes instead of our apartment here so to answer that person's question, sure. yes, it's expensive and it depends what you're willing to struggle for and sacrifice. For me, I mean, people think I'm crazy for living here in California. They're like, what are you doing? You can have, you know, a huge house anywhere else. Now, I would rather live here and be around the energy here, the creativity, the the palm trees, the beach, um, just be here then have a big house in the country and that's right. just me yeah so so it's just depends what do you want to where will you be happy happiest next question if you were to go back in time what would you have done differently if i were to go back in time what would i have done differently you know Kind of like that movie, The Butterfly Effect. You switch yeah, yeah. one little thing. This is what I was thinking yeah, of. you switch one little thing and it affects your whole life. I would not have done anything differently because if I did, then maybe I wouldn't be where I am today. And yeah. I am so thankful right. I am where I am. Next question What did you do or where did you go to have a break during stressful times in the city? Oh, oh yeah. Go I ahead. can answer this. Go ahead. It's. <laughs> it's uh effing hard mm -hmm. uh so there's a lot of times that i wanted to break down is that the question break down or like if you're stressed yeah yeah, yeah. at least when i was stressed sure. and i wanted to cry because i was just i would cry a lot actually you know i want to i want to talk a little bit about this because i never sure. cry now i feel like the only time i cry now is because i'm very happy or I am hangry and about cooking. to have my period. Yeah. Or when you're cooking something and yeah, something goes wrong. Right, right. But <laughs> but before I did, and I also want to, oh, I've thought about this so many times and I've never had like a platform to say, but I want to say it now, mm -hmm. is that I think that if you're in a negative place in your life and you're constantly crying every week, sometimes you might trick yourself into believing that's the way that you are, but it's not. That's not the way I was. I just wasn't in a good place. Um so if anybody is going through that, you know, just keep trucking, keep, keep, keep going. And there are better days. Um, anyways, when I was crying a lot and I wasn't in a good place, it is hard in a city. I would eventually when I got a car, the car was a good place to cry or the closet um, I would close the door to the closet and just cry because there's all that, you know, the clothing like right. can help you out there. Um, the closet, the car, I would cry and the shower. Okay, next. Um, what advice can you give somebody moving or relocating to a new place? Drown yourself in work. 
I mean, just keep whatever it is that you love doing, just immerse yourself in it, especially, and this is just, you know, my personal experience. Everyone's different. But for me, I mean, it's kind of an advantage. Okay, you're moving to a new place. You don't really have that much time to spend going out and and spending time with friends and and doing all this other stuff you have more time for yourself so move if you move to a new place you know take yourself out to eat and figure out some restaurants or mm-hmm. um just immerse yourself in what you love doing what's the best way for someone to break out into the voice acting scene that one's for you oh is that for me yeah okay so uh, <laughs> i uh I would say you can record a little demo tape on your phone right now of maybe all the characters you do or um, impressions you can do or whatever you want to put in that one minute space and then just start looking up um, voice acting agencies and just start submitting to them. I would say you can also join the voices.com website where you can audition yourself for different things that are looking for non-union actors that's um, a, I'm, I'm glad you remembered that yeah yeah so uh yeah did you know anyone prior to moving and if not how did you get out and meet people so no i didn't know anybody else in la when i first moved here and meeting people or building a community of people was never my I was never looking for that personally I um I eventually met people because I worked at certain places so I met the people that I worked at you know in Greenpeace or working at the boutique the different people that walked in I became friends with them so just very randomly I never went out of my way to make friends Mm -hmm. next what are some true cliches about living in LA and also false assumptions Um, I remember before I moved to Los Angeles, I thought that everybody in LA was going to be super materialistic and they were going to be just all wearing heels. And I don't know why I thought that they they were, that's a thing. (laughs) I don't know why I thought like everybody was going to look like, I guess what you see on, I don't know, shows like the Hills, which I never watched. Maybe Mm -hmm. I saw like a trailer for or something, not a trailer, uh, whatever, you know what I mean? Um, but no, I, I that was a I think what I thought Los Angeles was going to be like and there's so many down to earth awesome creative people um nice people that just want to help out at least my personal experience because so many people come here to pursue a passion to follow a dream without a family so everybody kind of knows what it feels like to be away from family and to right. try to figure things out so at least in my experience, there have been so many beautiful, nice people in Los Angeles. And um, I think it also depends where you, who you surround yourself with and, and what kind of scenes you're in. How did you find the courage to move to a new place without friends and family? It was hard. I mean, it's still hard to not see your family. Yeah. You know, um, it's definitely the hardest thing I had to do was live away from my family and every once in a while you know I get sad and I'll cry because I miss my mom and then I'll just like hug Joey and we'll cuddle <laughs> and I'll say I miss my mom and then he just Me hugs too. and then we just hug I love and, your mom. <laughs> so so yeah it is it's it's sad but it feels my answer to that or, or an advice I can give is you can, you can ponder all you like, like, oh, this is going to suck or whatever, but you never know how your body is going to react or how you're going to feel unless you actually go out and do something. So I came out here and I knew it was going to be sad and I was, but there's something deeper in me that blossomed after being here that I didn't know that was going to happen. And it's the feeling of knowing that I'm in the right place and I have to be here because of something I can't even explain. And that's what keeps me here are you kidding what an unbelievable (laughs) answer you just came up with that yeah unbelievable did you find that social media was necessary to get started in today's world of freelancing my answer to that is 
No one, yes. It depends. Uh, I got entertainment without, I didn't, I, I was not. You didn't have like a big following. I didn't have a big following when I got the job for entertainment. So I got that working full-time illustrator one year straight out of college without a big following at all. So I think it's possible without the following. But I do think that we do have, we live in an era where we could just grab our phones and show our artwork. It's so much easier. I mean, back in the day, um, these artists had to go out into a park or into a plaza and Mm -hmm. hope that these people saw their work and some people would buy it but now we can do in the comfort of our homes and i think if you don't take advantage of that you're really missing out it's free it's it's free advertisement so i think that um i do think that it's important and i do think that you you should take advantage of it why Mm -hmm. not so if you do if you are privileged enough to have a phone then you should be putting your artwork on social media so people are able to experience your art and um and and that's a way you can put it out there for free and not depend on galleries or anything like that yeah what's your best advice for an artist who's barely starting to put their art out there Mm. keep going i mean that's what i said during this podcast Mm -hmm. but i'm just gonna say it again and i'm gonna read this again because i get this question every single day i get this question sent to me and my best advice is just keep creating create 1000 art pieces and once you've hit number 1000 you will be so much better and it's more about the process than anything you're going to grow as an artist you're going to find your own style but you have to stop questioning yourself you just got to go for it and you have to keep creating and keep exploring and create from the heart because if you like i've said before if you create because of what's trending if you create to please other people if you create because you want other people to like your work it's not gonna be real and you're not gonna you're not gonna be authentic and you're it's not gonna show in your art it's going to be it's missing a soul and i think you can give an art piece a soul is if you create from your personal experiences in your soul so that is my answer to that oh somebody said do you think there's jobs out there for other designer and artists yes i mean a million yeses so many art jobs here and so many designer jobs Mm -hmm. it's crazy so many artists making it out here Mm -hmm. i mean the print shop that i ship just to give you an idea a little inspiration that inspires me the print shop that that prints my work and ships it off to everybody i go in there and when i first started going with them you know i would say like hey i have um i first started off with them a couple years ago i was like all right i got uh 50 orders or i don't know 20 orders for them to print all while they i see stacks and stacks of other artists making i mean selling twenty one thousand prints in one print drop um you do the math twenty one thousand prints one print drop each one costs about ten dollars you know you know they're they're making good money so yes there's so many artists that are making a very great living out here um and there's a lot of opportunities you just have to make the move and I think that wraps it up. A lot of the que- we're getting a lot of the same questions. Yeah, that we answered already. Yeah. But thank you for listening, everybody. Gracias por escuchar. Wow, he did not practice that, guys. Straight off the top. Thank you all so much. I love you all. Thank you. And good night. And good night.